Hey everybody, Nick Espinosa, your chief security fanatic here, and today we've got to talk about TikTok once again because TikTok bans could actually expand the security state here in the United States. I hope not. I really do. And I'm cribbing uh, pretty heavily from two different articles, uh, one from Responsible Statecraft by Marcus Stanley, another one from Reason uh, by Elizabeth Nolan Brown. And I think this is an, very, just a, an incredibly important topic that we really need to do a deep dive into because this is something that I, I think needs to be separated. And if you're a longtime follower or listener of mine, then you know I've done multiple videos, I've done podcasts, I've talked about this on the radio, uh, essentially regarding TikTok and why it actually needs to be banned. I've also done a ton of videos and podcasts and talked about it on the radio as well, warning about the expanding surveillance and security state, at least here in the United States and in other places around the world. And so to be clear, I do not think that a ban on TikTok uh, should also include a rise in the security state. But sadly, there are some movements in Congress that are combining these two, and we need to go through them because two major bills that would impose sweeping restrictions on Chinese-owned software are working their way through both the House and the Senate. On top of this, TikTok's CEO, uh, Chu Zichu, uh, was recently brought before the House Commerce Committee for hostile questioning. I did a video slash podcast on that, on what an absolute joke that was. Clearly, none of the members of Congress really seemed to understand technology or did real research on TikTok and the issues that we've uncovered over the years prior to the questioning of TikTok's CEO. The executive branch, uh, meaning the president of the United States, uh, in this case, Biden, is also seeking to force ByteDance, owner of TikTok, to sell that app to an American owner against Chinese opposition. These are raising alarms about Chinese ownership of TikTok, and they cite invasive surveillance practices, privacy violations uh, created by excessive data collection, and exploitation of user data, uh, addictive design features, harmful content, and on and on. I agree with all of that. This is a huge problem, but... And according to this article, and I think this is a really good point, all of these disturbing characteristics are also ubiquitous features of American-owned big tech apps, ranging from Google to Facebook to Instagram, and were in many ways pioneered by Silicon Valley. And and I think that's a good point. But there are that this this argument though consistently misses some key points. Now, of course, our data is out there. If you've been on Facebook for any amount of time, you have been data mined. That data has been sold over and over and over. That's something that, you know, that's a horse we're not going to put back in the barn. But we have recourse under U.S. law to combat that in a way we don't with China. And we will talk about that in a little bit. Because in the case of TikTok, the claim is that Chinese ownership makes these problems particularly harmful because Chinese intelligence services can access user data and technology owned by Chinese companies like ByteDance. And that is 100% true. A 2017 law uh, in the People's Republic of China basically said if you are a Chinese-based company and you have information on foreigners, in this case, aka Americans, you are required by law to give the Chinese government access to that. Some people also go further by claiming that TikTok could be used to compromise the security of devices on which they've been installed. And yes, that is true as well. We have had two independent outfits, Internet 2.0 out of Australia and another independent researcher basically reverse engineering TikTok and essentially have proved that in the last few years as well. So with that, this is the backdrop because an examination of those two TikTok bills 
really raises more questions. Is TikTok being used as a wedge for a much broader effort to restrict companies owned by rival nations across the entire information technology sector? And does this threaten American civil liberties and risk of government overreach? Those are very valid questions. So HR or House Bill uh, 1153, known as the Data Act, which recently passed the House Foreign Affairs Committee, is pretty surreal in its implications. Section 102 of that bill, for example, oriented towards penalties on U.S. citizens, would require the Secretary of the Treasury to ban any U.S. financial transactions by any American who had knowingly transferred sensitive personal information to any entity owned or even, quote, subject to the influence of, end quote, China. Since the definition of, quote, sensitive personal information, end quote, is very broad, this could mean that any company or individual who had, for example, forwarded emails or shared health insurance information with a company uh, that even is has partial Chinese ownership could find themselves banned from financial transactions. Their assets could be frozen under this law, for example, and they'd be unable to use things like credit cards, access cash from their bank accounts, all these kinds of things. Title II of the bill focuses on foreign jurisdictions. It would require the U.S. government to freeze all U.S. assets of a foreign person anywhere in the world who, quote, operates, directs, or otherwise deals in, end quote, a connected software application that is Chinese-owned or, quote, subject to the influence of, end quote, China, if such software facilitates Chinese military, surveillance, or censorship activities, or involves Chinese access to recommendation algorithms that could manipulate content. This broadly, just super broad uh, prohibition connected to extreme penalties would, in effect, make it a priority of the U.S. government to try and ban much of the Chinese software anywhere in the world, including nations that are allies or potential allies. That bill, though, interestingly enough, due to all of these holes that have been poked in it and these questions on civil liberties and just, just how vast this is, is not as likely to pass as the next one we're going to talk about, and that's the one in the Senate, Bill 686, the Restrict Act. You might have heard of this one. This is essentially the Senate's TikTok bill, and this has a lot of momentum towards passaging. Now, 686 has 21 bipartisan co-sponsors and has been endorsed by the Biden administration. This bill would grant the executive branch unprecedented new national security powers over commerce and information and communication technologies, and therefore, by extension, our speech. Now, the Restrict Act requires the executive branch to prohibit or otherwise, quote-unquote, mitigate any transaction or activity in information and communication technologies by companies controlled by a foreign adversary if the secretary determines that such a transaction poses any risk to U.S. national security, the bill grants the president a wide range of civil and criminal options to enforce these mitigations, including forced divestment of assets, seizure of assets, subpoenas for information, and more. Under Section 12 of this bill, legal avenues to contest such actions are limited to rapid and direct constitutional challenges in the U.S. Court of Appeals for the District of Columbia, obviously in Washington, D.C. The initial uh, list, for the record, of foreign adversaries is China, Cuba, Russia, Iran, Venezuela, and North Korea. The executive branch could add additional foreign adversaries at will, according to the bill. This choice could only be overridden by a majority vote in both houses of the Congress. While these powers would be discretionary and could theoretically be used uh, in a restrained and measured way, how do we guarantee that? 
In effect, this bill could ban or would ban ownership of any widely used information and communications technology within the United States' market by foreign nations viewed as adversaries to the United States. And for the record... We're all not going out and installing usually Chinese-owned apps or North Korean-created apps and all of that. But to be perfectly honest, most people don't even check. Oh, that's a really cool-looking game. That's a really cool-looking app. And boom, it's made in China or it's made in another country that's adversarial. That in some way, shape, or form could be giving uh, or increasing surveillance, data mining, whatever. At the very least, these technologies could be subject to censorship at will, according to this bill. They could have a significant ramification, uh, both internationally and domestically, if this comes to fruition. We may see retaliatory bans of U.S. software and communications technology in foreign countries targeted as adversary nations, possibly the beginning of the division of the world into rival information technology spheres protected by the great firewalls like the one they have in China. We're already seeing a bifurcation of the Internet. I wrote an article on that back in 2018 for Forbes, so this is coming. Software would be the next logical choice, not to mention generative AIs and LLMs like the chat GPTs of the world. I just did a video slash podcast on that one the other day uh, regarding it being banned in Italy due to privacy. Now, domestically, Section 11 of this bill, the Restrict Act, establishes essentially draconian penalties for American citizens who violate it by attempting to evade or help others evade new restrictions on foreign-owned information and communication technologies. Now, that is a bit ambiguous with how far this could go, but it could lead to American citizens being prosecuted for accessing information on foreign-owned technology platforms, <coughs> such as WeChat. We have many people here that uh, have originally come from China that are now U.S. citizens that use WeChat which is a Chinese-based messaging app to talk to family and friends back in their home country. The language describing the, who the Restrict Act applies to is also confusing at best. The Commerce Secretary would be authorized to take steps to address uh, risks posed by, quote, any covered transaction by any person. But what counts as a covered transaction? The bill states that this means a, quote, transaction in which an entity described in subparagraph B has any interest, end quote. Entities described in subparagraph B are a, quote, foreign adversary, an entity subject to the jurisdiction of or organized under the laws of a foreign adversary, an entity owned, directed, or controlled by either of those foreign adversaries, uh, for the record, can, quote, be any foreign government or regime, end quote, that the secretary deems a national security threat. It is a bit of a mess in the wording, but this could simply apply, or I should say imply, that any person using a VPN or virtual private network, for example, something I have on my phone and I use regularly, that basically accesses an app controlled by a foreign adversary, uh, you know, or... It's subject to basically the secretary's whim, <clears throat> meaning I use my VPN, I access software in some way, shape or form. Maybe it's WeChat because, you know, I'm an American citizen, but, I, you know, my family's in China and now I'm contacting and communicating with them in China. So by virtue of that, anyone using a VPN to access TikTok could be in trouble, specifically subjected uh, to a one up to a one million dollar fine, 20 years in prison or both. 
That's crazy. Now, on top of all of this, the Restrict Act does, doesn't just state uh, that, quote, no person may engage in any conduct prohibited by or contrary to its provisions, end quote. It also says, and I quote, no person shall cause or aid, abet, counsel, command, induce, procure, permit, or approve the doing of any act prohibited by or the omission of any act required by any regulation, order, direction, mitigation measure, prohibition, or other authorization or directive issued under this act. In addition, and I quote again, no person may solicit or attempt a violation and no person may engage in any transaction or take any other action with intent to evade the provisions of this law. End quote. Now, that language leaves even more room for the Restrict Act to basically touch a wide range of activities. Perhaps a court would ultimately deem it unusable against individuals merely trying to evade a TikTok ban, but that doesn't mean prosecutors wouldn't try, nor that authorities wouldn't use invasive surveillance measures to try and detect such invasion, meaning we would be surveilled even more. If I have a VPN on my phone, and suddenly Verizon or AT&T or any one of the mobile carriers, you know, whichever one I use, whichever one you use, says, wait a second, we're not seeing traffic go to websites or out of apps. All we're seeing is VPN traffic. Does that suddenly, you know, ring an alarm in the government and now I'm being surveilled and they are going after, let's say, my VPN provider to say, hey, you know, what is Nick doing online? Is he going to TikTok? Is he doing something else? Now, as I stated right out of the gate, Right out of the gate, given all that we know about TikTok, I think TikTok needs to be banned. But here's my proposal on this one. TikTok should be banned because of its ability to surveil and data mine, but it should also be banned because it's a public health risk. And ask yourself this question, why does China restrict their version of TikTok to 40 minutes a day for minors and prioritize educational content? And the mere fact that they can prioritize something for their viewers shows that they can make anything go viral, including disinformation or information that is positive about the Chinese government and negative about the United States, thus influencing an entire population. And here's why. Because they know the Chinese government knows it can be addictive, so they let their adversaries, minors, have it for unlimited time, and only recently, due to scrutiny and calls for bans like we're talking about here, did they actually cap the time that minors, for example, here in the United States, uh, can be on the, uh, on the app. But still, they haven't prioritized educational content. It's still stupid challenges and ridiculous dances. <laughs> but what about Facebook, Nick? That's a question I get all the time. Yeah, they're a problem too. I've talked about that consistently. Whether it's on the radio, in video, and podcast, the only saving grace that we have since uh, that we have here is that since they're American company, we have recourse under U.S. law. Now the data genie may be out of the bottle. There's no way we're going to get our data back because they've sold it a million times over. But we can sue them and start reversing that tide more easily than we can TikTok. Try suing the Chinese government good luck. You're going nowhere. You're not even getting a court date. On top of this, I also think that every single app that we have on iPhone, Android, whatever, should be forced to disclose what data they are taking 
and who they are giving it to every time the app is opened, and they should be fined billions of dollars, and I mean billions of dollars, if they fail to live up to that. And when you look at the Facebooks of the world, they are set up to know they are violating law because they have massive buckets where they put money on, where they expect to pay things like GDPR violations in Europe, uh, you know, others like CCPA violations in the state of California, and on and on. This has to be painful. And there's studies have shown. Well, we love apps and they're addictive and all of that. If I were to walk up to a hundred random people on the street and basically say, Hey, my name is Nick. Can I have your home phone number? Can I have, you know, your address? Can I have all this personally identifiable information? Most people would tell me to go pound sand, ignore me. You know, I might get punched. Nobody, you know, 99 out of those 100 are not going to give me that information. They really aren't. You know, and, and so we are private people inherently, but we just randomly give it away on the Facebooks and the TikToks of the world. They need to disclose that. That is going to lower their populations, though. And so they've got an army of lobbyists to ensure that never happens. But if people saw just where their data was going on Facebook, TikTok, and everywhere else, that would be a huge problem. On top of that, we also need to have time limits for minors. That should be on all social media platforms. No exceptions. I don't care if it's Facebook, Instagram, whatever it is. That is a huge, huge issue. If we're letting our kids 24-7 just, you know, sit on, you know, social media, it is a huge, huge problem. And we have seen so many now longitudinal studies of 10 plus years of just how damaging this has been to the fabric of society, whether it's democratic norms, whether it's mental health and everything else. And so when we are looking at something that is adding to that, but it's also eating a foreign government, yeah, that is something that we need to ban, but not at the expense of our own ability to have freedom and, and, and be be private online. And, and if we can't balance those two, if we can't carve out an understanding of why something shouldn't be around versus the protections that we have that we can exclude from that, we're doing ourselves a disservice. And so that is essentially my deep dive into the Restrict Act more than more than the House Act because it's honestly Restrict is the one that may get banned. And I am pro-banning but honestly, I'm not pro the language in this bill. I'm not pro uh, essentially how far it goes. We can carve out and focus on TikTok solely for the issues that we have with TikTok and then simultaneously, separately maintain our privacy while addressing the issues that we have with Facebook, Instagram, and any other Twitter, you name it, any other American social media company that we have. We need a GDPR here. We need it yesterday. And, and that is so unbelievably important. Our privacy laws are seriously lacking and this entire situation proves it. So there you go. Those are my thoughts uh, for this. And with that, we'll just keep keeping on, see what happens. And please like, share, follow me here on Facebook and Twitter at Nick AESP, where, again, we're being data mined. I, I, I am fully admitting that. We still should still ban TikTok. Same with YouTube, where you should subscribe to me, ring that bell, and as always, stay safe, stay online, and please, please, please attempt to stay private. Thanks, everybody.